greetings to those who watch below. As we move into the second half of October, it's time to kick things up a notch today with some truly terrifying poltergeist encounters. But as always, before we get to the stories, it's time to thank Steffi Ray, Lisa Watts, Ghost Sessie Shelton, and Lefty Kim for being those who dwell below. If you'd like to join them and support the channel further, please make sure to check out the link in the description box. Now, on with the stories. A Raging Spirit by Bean Kitty It started in January 2006. The first sign was a jar of peanut butter found on the rim of the kitchen sink. On its side, with a big gloop of peanut butter on the counter, and a dripping pool of melted butter on the floor. I thought it was the kids being messy. That was the beginning of a year of dumping, spraying, spilling, slashing, cutting, bashing doors, leaving slippery traps, and playing with electricity. The first two months of 2007 were the worst. It moved furniture. It threw everything it could at my daughter's door, including knives, cans, pots and pans and dishes, it wrote on the walls. It hid things in the vents. We couldn't keep toilet paper, paper towels, soap, shampoo, or any kind of personal object in the house. Every time we bought toilet paper, it would dump it in the toilet. It took cell phones. The first was put in the toilet. The second, mine, was dumped in my coffee cup when I was asleep. It put the third in the peanut butter jar. It banged on the walls, killed kittens, made us sick with fear and frustration. It punched holes in the bedroom doors using an eight-pound mallet, bent the doorknobs. It put fingernail polish inside the lock mechanism of the doorknobs. We would go out a door, and it would lock it behind us. It destroyed my dishwasher, plugged up the sink, and flooded the house. Every day was some attack in one way or another. We would set the air conditioner at 81 degrees, and it would set it at 79. It would turn off the AC at night before bed, and in the morning, it would be turned on and set at 79 degrees. There were so many things that it did. Vile, vicious attempts to interfere with every aspect of our lives. It took every can or jar of flour, salt, coffee, tea, spices, and sugar, and piled it on the floor over and over again. It took packaged cake icing and flung it around the living room on the walls, ceilings, floors. Next would be the goodies it found in the cat boxes. Anything it could find in the pantry was dumped, spread, or flung about the house. It poured oil on my computer, would set traps, such as balancing an egg on the bathroom door that would fall when moved, or piling cinnamon or sugar on the ceiling fan, and when we walked in the room, would start the fan. It would put a lighter in the coffee pot, which would explode. The second time this happened, it blew the coffee pot apart. We never knew what we would find when we opened a door, picked up trash, or walked down the hall. In the beginning, some of the outrageous things it did made us laugh. We stopped laughing very soon. It started to attack our electronics. My brand new flat panel computer monitor was slashed several times. My daughter's brand new Dell had shaving cream sprayed inside it, and other things we have yet to identify. 
several times in a matter of 10 minutes of leaving the keyboard of the computer, we would return to find piles of cat feces placed in perfect round piles on the keyboards. We would find my daughter's bikini underwear up in the branches of the big pepper tree in our front yard. We have over 500 digital photos and videos of the vicious attacks at my daughter's bedroom door. We've reached out, contacted people, had an investigation team come up from the San Diego area five times with all of the latest equipment. Their conclusions were vague, but informative. There was no solution to our manifestations, only advice. We had a cleansing, it didn't work. Our family dynamics didn't permit the unity needed to make this thing go away. In March of 2007, when my daughter was asleep, it spread toilet paper and paper towels all through the house and set two fires underneath them. That was the final straw. We could no longer put off our fear. We moved out. It tried to kill us. We had to move. We feared for our lives. Now, we're trying to heal. But we'll never forget. Strange Mist and Poltergeist Activities by Paul Sweeney After moving house a couple of times since we moved back from Cyprus, I've always got the feeling I'm either being watched or I've actually had someone or something keeping me company. It first started when I was about nine years old and lived with my mum, brother and sister. We lived in a house on the end of a road situated in a quiet village, which is full of old houses and a church, and the house that we lived in was home to a few people that have died in the past. My mum was sitting downstairs, watching TV or just sitting quietly, when she noticed what sounded like a man from the early 1900s walking down the stairs and through a wall. Now, I don't know if he came from my room or hers, but after that happened, I started to have very weird dreams. One of them, being my cousin, being handed to my auntie, by the same man that my mum saw. Ever since then, we have moved twice. The house we are living in now has brought those feelings back to me, where something has been with me. A few months back, we went to a party, and I stayed at a friend's house. But once I got back to my own, I noticed what looked like a mist hovering above the French doors we have in our living room. Now, I got six different people to come and see if they could see what I could, but not one of them could. This then brought a really bad feeling to my body as I stood on a chair to look closer. This mist looked like it had tiny beads of water whooshing around and coming up to me, then moving back again. Ever since I have counted the same mist every now and then, just appearing out of nowhere. I really cannot explain it, so I'm sorry if it sounds a bit strange. This has now stopped, and whatever is doing this has decided to get stronger and stronger, because not only am I seeing these things, but it's gotten to a point where things are being moved. For example, I was sitting in the front room about four days ago, and I was cooking pizza. I sat and watched a program, when all of a sudden the smoke alarm went off, so I went to the so I went into the kitchen. There was no smoke at all, and the oven door was wide open. I knew I'd shut it before I came into the other room, but thought nothing of it. So, I went to look in the oven, and the door slammed shut. 
like someone had done it in anger, because it shook the whole thing. This brought a chilling feeling to me, like someone was stood right next to me. It made me feel like something is here to stay, because ever since then, I've had a whole CD collection thrown across my bedroom floor, even though I have a baseball in a case on top of them holding them in place. There is no way those CDs could have just fallen off by themselves. Whatever is here, it gives me the strongest feeling. It's the man from the 1900s. Night Terrors and Poltergeist Visions by Wee Willy Winky When I was a toddler, I suffered severe traumatic night terrors that stayed with me until I was a teenager, with occasional bouts in adulthood. When I was 15, I started to experience unusual paranormal activity in our home. Unfortunately, I was the focus of poltergeist activity within our home for almost a year. I'd just started my periods at 15, and this is when it got out of hand. The friction with my parents going through divorce and this did affect me a lot, and I chose to stay with my father. My siblings went with my mother. Activity, although focused on me, traumatised my siblings, my puppy, and incidents happened around my parents too. After one evening, my mum drove me back to my dad's house, and she witnessed the entity looking out of my bedroom window, waiting for me to return home. My mother turned to me and asked, what the hell is that? I explained what had been happening since my mum left home. My mum went into the house, cursing and demanding for him to leave the property. My mother would not allow me back into the house while she collected my belongings. My mother approached two mediums, and they kindly offered their services. The mediums were a husband-wife team, and she was a trance medium. She allowed the entity to enter her body so she could help him into the light. After much persuasion, he did so. His story was tragic. He explained that the man was a farmer on the land where we lived, and in 1856, his son, John Davy, was killed by a wooden horse-drawn wagon running over his abdomen, crushing him to death. His son was only 16, and he blamed himself for losing his son, hence why he was stuck here, as he never forgave himself. This farmer was extremely stubborn, and from what we had speculated that he thought, I reminded him of his stepdaughter, and he considered me unruly. From what we gathered, we think he was abusing his stepdaughter, hence the fascination with me. The trance medium gave us dated names to see if we could verify, and we did. We found newspaper clippings of the tragic death of John, who died on the land where our house was built. After the medium sent the farmer into the light, there was peace and tranquility within the home. After all this, we went for spiritual counselling. Through this stressful time, I was told I had a gift, healing, and I hear voices. I've been scared for a long time due to what I experienced, and turned my back on it. However, my three girls all show signs of gifted abilities, so I needed to get over what I had been through. I know I need to get a grip, so I can protect them. As I said before, I hear voices all the time, and generally hide what I hear. Some seem demonic in nature, intent in wanting me to end my life. A fight, on a daily basis. 
tormented by a poltergeist, by Amethyst 20. This isn't one of my experiences. This actually happened to my nan and various other family members. In the past, my nan and grandad have had a lot of trouble caused by poltergeist activity. A few years ago, my mum was at my nan's house getting my grandfather's dinner ready for when he came home from work, because my nan was at work also at the time. She went into the cupboard to get a saucepan. They were on the bottom, stacked up, and just flew out at her. There was no way they could have fallen off, they were stacked securely. After that, my mum sat in the chair in the living room waiting for the dinner to cook, when she heard footsteps coming down the stairs. She went to have a look, to see if my granddad had come home from work early, but there was no one there. Puzzled, she went back to the front room. She then heard it again, so ran outside and waited until my granddad came home. Since then, she would not stay in the house on her own. My nan, on the other hand, has had far worse things happen. One day, she was in her house doing the washing up or something like that, and she has china plates hanging on the wall above her fireplace. She turned around, and a couple of them flew off like they had been thrown. She also saw the doorknob turn on a door leading to the hallway, and the door opened slowly, then closed slowly. Then... The door on the other side of the room did the same, opening and closing slowly. She felt a slight breeze, as if someone had walked past her. Another instant was when my granddad was in the bathroom one morning, with just trousers on and no shirt. He felt icy cold hands fully touch him on the back. Obviously this made him jump, and he ran downstairs to see if it was my nan messing about, but when he asked her, she said she had been making breakfast the whole time. My nan, on a few other occasions, along with my father and uncle, both felt a pair of hands on their back and have been pushed while at the top of the stairs. Luckily, they only fell a few steps, but it could have been much more serious. There used to be an old man that lived and died in my nan's house. When he got too old and ill to climb the stairs, they brought his bed downstairs into a separate sitting room. In his old bedroom upstairs, he used to spit tobacco up the walls, so sometimes, when someone went up there, or a relative stayed in that bedroom, you would be able to smell the tobacco, or hear a keyboard playing in the sitting room downstairs, even keys jangling. My nan used to have a clock up high on a unit in her living room, but one day she noticed something. A big crack, right across the face had suddenly appeared in a distinct pattern. It kind of went from the bottom up, and then across, then up again. Every clock she replaced it with, did exactly the same thing, cracking in exactly the same place. After a while, she got used to it, but the strange thing is, it only happened when someone was alone in the house, or my nan and granddad were alone. I was too young at the time to experience anything, but apparently she even had milk bottles fly out off the shelf at her. One time, my nan had a fireplace brush that she kept on her windowsill for decoration. It was a black cast iron figurine, of what I think was a tribal person, with the bristles as its skirt sort of thing. It had an earring in both ears, and one day my cousin was playing with it, and pulled both the earrings out and lost them. Well, my nan just put it back on the windowsill. It was about head high when you sat on the sofa in front of it. My aunt came round a few days after my cousin had pulled the earrings out, and was sitting on the sofa by it. The brush flew off the windowsill and hit my aunt in the head. Thankfully it didn't cause any damage, after that, my mum had the ornament, since we had an open fire too, but didn't get anything out of the ordinary happen. So we assumed 
What had happened was because of my nan's house, not the figure. All of these things, and maybe more I haven't been told about, kept on happening for about 12 to 15 years. It got so bad that my nan had gone to the local church and spoke to a priest there and asked for his help. He came round to the house and went into every room with holy water and blessed it, saying a prayer. Luckily, it seemed to work. She still lives there now, and since the priest helped and blessed the house, it has been ghost-free. Hamilton Apartment Poltergeist by Kinga In 2006, I moved into a high-rise apartment building in Hamilton, at the intersection of King Street East and Emerald Street North. The building was built in the 1970s, and it served since then as a facility for government-subsidised housing. Most of the tenants were on government support, and many were elderly or mentally disturbed. I was not on assistance. I paid full market rent for my unit on the 21st floor. Almost immediately, strange things began to happen. The most common strange occurrences were an intense shaking of my bedroom closet door, strange footsteps, raspy voices, and the sound of a ball bouncing. On various occasions I was woken up in the night to what sounded like a person punching and kicking the sliding doors on my closet. I would often yell at it to stop, and it would immediately. This would happen about once or twice a month. I took to leaving my fanon at night to drown out the strange noises. Almost every night I would hear what sounded like feet shuffling around on the living room floor, as if an old man were trying to walk. Strange, undecipherable whispers were often heard at night. I got used to the strange sounds and goings-on, but nothing would prepare me for what happened in February of 2008. That night my girlfriend was sleeping over, when everything happened all at once. The door would rattle violently, and we heard footsteps all over the apartment and bedroom. My girlfriend kept complaining of feeling a presence, as if something evil was leaning over the bed staring at us. As I tried to calm her down and explain these things happen all the time, and that it's never hurt me, I heard an old woman's voice scream in my ear as clear as day. I screamed in fear, and we left that night to stay with a friend. I would often have friends over from Waterloo on weekends, who would always seem uneasy in the apartment. They refused to stay the night on the pull-out couch due to strange noises they heard. Once I left them to go to the store, and when I returned they were standing in the hallway looking uneasy. They told me that my place freaked them out, and they wanted to go out for the night instead of staying at my place. It got to a point when friends didn't want to come over anymore. Sometime in late 2007, I would hear what sounded like a ball bouncing. It was as if someone dropped a ball and let it bounce until it stopped. This would happen about the same time every night, 10 to 10.30 p.m. I moved out last winter, and have not experienced anything like that since. A friend of mine who came over several times recently told me that she had heard distinct voices and footsteps when no one was there. We agreed whatever was in that apartment was a poltergeist. And not a spirit. Hi guys and thank you ever so much for listening to today's video. It really warmed my heart to see all the likes and the comments that you leave on them, so make sure you carry on with that. I really enjoyed reading it, even if I don't get to respond. Also, make sure you check out the Creepypasta YouTube channel. 
all videos this month from them are being done by myself. They're mainly old ones from the channel, but if you haven't had a chance to go through my entire range of videos, it might be worth checking something out. You might find a hidden gem from the past. So, until next time, sleep tight. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.